0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. I'm the one who's sick. I'm like, give me that thieves oil. What does this stuff do? I'm like Marlin the, the, uh, what's his name? Merlin the wizard in the kitchen. Like, mix this together. Stuff's bubbling over. I'm like, what does this do if I stick it in my ears, between my toes? Um... I'm a skeptic until I'm the one who's beat down, so um, if, you, if I smell like uh, the the herb section of the farmer's market, there's a reason for that, you might, I might be like exuding healing, just like the aromas, so be like, uh, what's that called? Like the smoke, the um, orthodox incense, yeah, incense to the Lord. Up in here. Okay, so bear with me. We're continuing on in this uh, series that we're calling "Return," and each of these each of these uh, people that that we're reading and studying are calling are calling out to return. And so today we're going to look at Amos, and um, we just in in approaching this, I don't so much want to look at these words that, reco- that were recorded from Amos and try to pull out like bullet points, here's what Amos said, therefore here's what we should do, okay? I, I don't want just, to just pull out like our action points based on Amos, okay? Because it's actually, it's not quite that simple. Um, what I want to do is, what I want to do is read the story, read Amos's words, and i want to try to sit in them a little bit. I and mean, we're we got a short amount of time here this morning. I want to invite you to sit in them, okay? To meditate on the law of God, to meditate on the words of the Lord. And as we as we sit in them, it's kind of like uh think about it. like if you're if you're like in inside the house and it's bright and then you go outside to do some stargazing, right? So you you step outside and there's some, it takes some time for your eyes to adjust, right? You've got to sit and look. You've got to let your body physically adjust. You've got to still your mind and just and look. And as you sit in that darkness, um, suddenly the stars come into view, right? And the longer that you sit, you see the movements. The movement as, as the earth turns and the stars change positions. And it says we sit and we look. And we sit and we look. We don't just walk outside and be like, okay, so I'm done, right? you got to sit and look and watch. So what I want to do is like walk into this room, okay, the, the book of Amos, and sit in it. And, and just and, and look, like observing a piece of art. Just look and take it in and not look at it and be like, well, what was Rembrandt trying to teach us from this painting? But take it in. And then what we find as we sit and look and as we meditate is actually as it seeps into our bones that then we kind of know how to live, right? The action points come into view as we sit in it, as we sit with Amos and, and try to soak in his words and those are the prophets. And this is true for, for Scripture as a whole, okay? So this story that we're about to read, this is, a, this is about 3,000 years old. From a distant land, distant culture, some of the, the imagery like it doesn't it doesn't quite make sense to us. Okay, so we got to reach back. We got to reach back to 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 soak it in. As we do this, I, so I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is just try to follow the story of Amos within the con- time constraints that we have here. Um, I want to give you a couple of things to kind of like have in your hand as, as we move along, as we kind of journey together in Amos, okay? Number one, I want you to pay attention to the way of the Lord in this. Look out for that. Let that be something that you're kind of observing. What does Amos, in his words, in these situations, what do they tell us about the way of the Lord? What, do they draw, what is Amos drawing on from the past stories before him that and he's pointing back. See the way of the Lord back there. This is the way of the Lord. And then, uh, what new insight does he give us into the way of the Lord? Okay. So, in other words, what's the character of God? What's God like? And then, what does God do? What kind of stuff does God do? And what does it mean to live in that pattern? Right. You with me? All right. So, number one, way of the Lord. Um, the second thing that. Um, that I want to challenge you to be looking for. Well, let me just stick with that, all right? I want to just ask you to be looking for the way of the Lord, okay? So let's just pray before we dig into the text. Lord, we welcome you to teach us. We say that, God, we want to walk in your ways. We want to know your ways. We want to be people of your way. We want to see you, Jesus, in, in these times and in these stories. We want to, we ask that you, Holy Spirit, to bring your word to life for us. And we ask, Father, that we would know your love and your affection for us, that you're the one who leaves the 99 to, to find us. And you're the one who has such love and affection for all people that you've made. We welcome you this morning, Lord, to be our teacher. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, bottom line, this has just been weighing heavily on my heart. I'll just get to the get to the, the meat of it. God is a God who's near the broken. Okay? He's a God who's near the broken. He identifies himself again and again and again as the God, as a father to the fatherless as the defender of the widow. He's with the orphan. He's near the foreigner, the immigrant, in a strange land. He's near. He's near the broken. So these are the kind of activities that that God does, and therefore that's what He's referred to, like as in His name. You are the God who, you're a God who's near. He's near the brokenhearted. He's near the poor. He's near the destitute. He's close to the immigrant. He's close, and I, I'm, not, I'm not making these words up, okay? I'm quoting Scripture to you, okay? So this is who he is. All right, so Amos. History. What's this? So this is, again, 3,000 years ago. What's going on in this context? Who is Amos? What the heck is a prophet? What is going on here, right? Like, let's just start at the base level. Alright. So we're about, as we read Amos, we're about 250 years after the time and reign of David, King David. Okay, so I'll give you a little bit of a frame here. Um, <clears throat> so David moving on. Two nations had formed from God's people: Judah to the south and Israel to the north. Okay? You with me so far? So David, the kingdom splits. And Israel to the north, at, this, at the time that, that Amos is, is speaking out, is under the reign of Jeroboam II. Jeroboam II was a successful military leader. Israel had been expanding territories in, in conquest, taking land. It was a time of peace and prosperity that, was, that had been like unknown up to that time at least for the nation of Israel, okay? So there's about 150 years since the nations had split in Israel. 150 years. Think about it. What what would happen 150 years ago? Is that like Civil War era? Uh, Am I? Sorry? 150? 250. All right, 150. All right, so you get the idea. That feels like a long time ago, right? That feels like a long time ago. We're like, America's permanent. And you're like... and. Friend from England's like, dude, our roads are older than, <laughs> you know, like we, ha- we haven't been around that long. So 150 years, but it feels long to us, right? So the people of Israel, they're experiencing a time of prosperity, a time of peace because of their military power and might. So things are pretty good, right? Like, don't, and when things are good, it's like, hey, don't rock the boat. Things are good, right? Like, keep things steady. And so that, that's the time that, that, that Amos is speaking into. Now, Jeroboam II, he was a successful leader in the sense that they had secured their borders and taken back land. Okay? There's a lot of success. Uh, commerce is going through the roof. They're, the, they're a superpower. And so that's, what, that's probably what the people wanted from a leader, Right. But from the prophet's perspective, Jeroboam was full of apathy. He had allowed and was engaged with the worship of idols. And under his reign, injustice, the the injustice toward the poor was going through the roof as well, okay? So, there's this tension, right? Especially that the prophet feels, but apparently that nobody else felt Okay, so Amos, who's Amos? And uh, we pull up Amos. Uh, well, no, let me, let, me, let me back up for just a second, all right? So I don't want to spend too much time on this before we get into the text, but let me just point out again, refresh our memory, who the heck is Israel and why do they exist? Okay, so way back, way back in the very beginning, God made everything and he saw it was very good, right? And then something happened uh, the serpent convinced Adam and Eve to mistrust God and say, actually, he's holding out on you. And then they said, actually, we think you're right. So we're going we're gonna to take and we're going to uh, base our existence and our well-being on our own knowledge and our ability to fend for ourselves. And something, this interesting split happens between God and Adam and Eve, but also between Adam and Eve. Now, the first thing that was mentioned that was not good in Scripture, you know what it was? For man to be alone. And not just Adam. That's not just one man. For people, for persons, for humans to be alone. That's the first thing in scripture that's mentioned that's not good. So there's this separation that happens because of the mistrust between Adam and Eve and God. There's also this this distance that comes up, this fracture between Adam and Eve. Where they say, oh, I'm naked. I'm not safe with you right? I need to cover up. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like that, that's, you know what it feels like to be exposed in front of someone, whether it's physically and any other way. And you're like, whoa, I'm not, I got to cover this, this up because I'm not safe with you. So that's this first, this first fracturing between human relationships that continued and was perpetuated saying, I'm not safe with you. Therefore, I need to gather power. I need to build up my walls. I need to keep you down so I can stay up, right? That pattern between Adam and Eve just continues throughout the human story, okay? But God has a plan to bring renewal and to bring restoration of of the created order He intended. You know what it was? This random dude named Abram. Like, just this, this, this guy, Abram. And He tells him, And God speaks to him and says, I'm going to make a covenant with you, and you're going to have a bunch of kids, and through you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. What a weird plan, right? Like, what a weird approach to redeeming creation and humanity, the cosmos. (laughs) Telling this old man, you're going to have a bunch of kids, and through you, everybody's going to be blessed. So, And so God God makes this statement in Genesis 18-19, I think that we can get up here. So this is, this is the statement that God makes about Abraham. He says, For I have chosen him, Abraham, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep what? The way of the Lord by doing two things, righteousness and justice. They're going to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. This is God's plan to redeem all things. Let's take this old man and give him a bunch of kids and teach them his ways, which was demonstrated through righteousness and justice. Okay? So, it's the first time that these terms are used in Scripture. It's the first time, and there's no, <laughs> there's no footnote here in, in, in Genesis. that says, by the way, here's what this means, Right? It's just assumed that you're living in this story, and you know what it means. And this term, justice comes up. Righteousness and justice most times are paired. If you remember, I talked about this, I don't know, a couple of months ago up here at length. Sorry. Um, and uh, this term, justice, comes up over 400 times in the Old Testament. And most of the time, it's paired with righteousness. Righteousness and justice. Justice and righteousness. It's this pair that stays together, okay? So real quick... What that's referring to in the hearers of this story, they're thinking back to the creation story where God says, I'm going to put I'm going to put my image in humanity. Okay, so the person who's hearing this and reading Amos knows that they're not to have an image of God because God's already given his image. Where is it? It's in the person next to you, right? Like, this is, this is what's written. It's embedded in the story between the lines, but the only way you get it is if you live in it and you sit and you look up at the stars and you let your eyes adjust and you see the way of the Lord demonstrated and that really the image of God is written on the person next to you, right? And that the person next to you is the most precious, valuable thing existing in all of creation the person next to you no matter how broken no matter how foolish no matter how good no matter how beautiful the person next to you so that's what's what's embedded within the story and when people read justice it's just live according to that truth that the person next to you is precious And the the sacred image of God is written within them. Therefore, treat them as so. That's justice summed up, okay, in like 90 seconds, okay? People are valuable. Live that way, okay? That's justice. Relate with your neighbor in that way. Righteousness is a description of having right relationships, okay? Giving people what they deserve. And that's not, I'm not talking about entitlement, like, hey, I deserve this from you, but because people are eternally valuable, therefore they are worthy of a chance, right? They're worthy of a chance to not be poor forever. They're worthy of a chance to um, be able to fend for themselves within the legal system, right? So, This people, Israel, exists as a part of this plan, God's redemptive plan for all of creation and all of humanity. And his calling from the beginning is that they would be people who walk in, help me, the way of the... Okay, good. We're we're together here, all right? So who's Amos? All right, so Amos 1.1 says, these are the words of Amos. Amos just gets straight to it. And the person writing this, Recording Amos' history is not playing around. It's just the words of Amos, who was among the shepherds of Tekoa, period. Okay, let's stop there. So is in Judah. That's the, southern, that's the southern nation, right? And you have this guy. Later on, he gives us a little more detail. He was a shepherd, and he was a, a gardener, a farmer. And so, you know what shepherds are like? They, especially at this time, they stay outside for a long time. You ever talk to somebody who stays outside for a long time? and the smell, and like the lack of hygiene, right? You with me? So that's Amos, right? Like he's, he's low class, low class, lives outside most of the time, and he's the one who's speaking. So there's meaning there, okay? We're, we're like just sitting, soaking in the story. There's already meaning. This guy who's low, smelly, hasn't shaved for a while, is going to speak the power. He's the one who's gonna deliver these words. Alright, so there's already meaning embedded just in the identity of Amos. All right. Now what's the tone? What-